Well, good day, everyone. Welcome back to the Breeder Exchange podcast. I'm your host, Sam Parrish, and this is proudly brought to you by Breeder Genetics, of course. We've got another jam-packed episode ahead, guys, into our second uh, episode of our bull exchange uh, on our cycle. I'm actually going to jump out of the hot seat and hand over to Jack again today. Uh, he's been touring all through America, uh, and he's in Illinois, actually, with our guests today. So I'm going to throw it over to Jack. i to introduce our guest. Uh, over to you, mate. Well, welcome back here to the studio. It um, is a pleasure to be sitting here in America, in Illinois, and across from me, here is Tyler Musgrave of Musgrave Angus. Tyler, welcome on. Thanks for being here with us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, Thanks for asking me on. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's great to actually be here in person with you instead of doing it um, over the phone or over the computer. Um, How's things been going here in Illinois? Uh, Yeah, so we've had a pretty good season this summer. Um, it seems like uh, one thing we've noticed probably around the farm, especially around here, uh, looking at cattle through the summer, is that things were kind of rough there 2020, 2021. There wasn't very many visitors coming over to look at cattle. Right. And uh, now 2023, and things are booming again, and there's been a lot of traffic through, and really enjoyed all of the visitors we've had from Australia and, and uh, you know, here, in, here in America, too. But it's been a nice season, and it's been a really good, good summer looking at cattle. Um, it's been a bit dry here, I think, you know, but uh, for that sake, we put up enough feed and um, the grass is starting to green back up and the cattle look great. Yeah, good, good. Now that's, um, that's, that's great to hear. And um, we'll start, Tyler, with, I suppose, your personal story. How, how did you personally get involved in, in your family's Angus operation? Um, <clears throat> I guess it was probably... Uh, always a, a passion of mine from a very young age uh, to to look at cattle, to study pedigrees, to learn more about the Angus business. And uh, raising or growing up in that environment my whole life, uh, my dad, you know, raising cattle since he was uh, 10, 12 years old, his first 4 projects. Um, you know, looking at that now, we're about 60 years down the road roughly, but always really had a desire to, to study cattle and learn more about him. I love showing cattle growing up, uh, breaking calves lead and, you know, getting a project and working with it on a daily basis to try to improve your project and make it better. You know, you really learn a lot doing that as a kid growing up. And I think that, you know, my brother as well, we both, you know, showed and uh, worked on projects and whatnot coming along. And I think that was a really good, uh, really good way to learn a lot about, about Angus cattle and a good way to meet a lot of people too over the years. Yeah. But, uh, no, just truly been a passion of ours. Yeah, sure. No, definitely. Um, a lot of the time it's not always what we know, it's who we know. And, um, it's a bit like why we're sitting here today. It's been great. Been, uh, visiting here for quite, quite a few years and it's been great great to always always do so and i suppose now what what is the story of musgrave angus and what's what's the history with your dad starting it and moving through i guess you know we probably kind of started at a from a humble beginning i guess you might say and you know <clears throat> from my dad having a 4 project years and years ago um just slowly adding to that and slowly developing a market over time and I think everybody knows knows this. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It's taken a long time to get to where we are today. 
Um, we've learned a lot of lessons, most of them the hard way, it seems <laughs> like. But I think that those challenges and those lessons we've learned over the years have helped us to improve our cattle. You know, you can learn a lot by some mistakes you make in the past. But um, I guess the story of Musgrave Angus is probably one that's still untold, you know. Um, I've got four sons. My, my brother has, uh, has three sons and all actively uh, enjoy being around cattle and learning about cattle. Um, my dad and I and my brother still, you know, going, going at this, uh, with, with all we've got. And I think our, our story is still important. As more people come to Muscari Vegas and look at our cattle, I think that that story can probably be better told in person than it can be on this podcast. Right. Uh, I guess if you want to see our, our uh, core values and what we value in, in producing Angus cattle, um, one good way to see that is to, to come here. Sure. And are you always humbled by um, international visitors coming here to Musgrave? We are, yeah. We love that. Um, we, had, we had some folks here this summer that have been coming for a few years now. And they, they asked my dad if he ever goes on holiday. He said, I'm on holiday today. This is what we enjoy. I mean, when people come to visit, and that gives us a chance to take a break from whatever we're doing on the farm, uh, and go look at our cattle and kind of, kind of see how you know what they're looking like, and visit with the people we love learning. Uh, there's so much you can learn from from visitors like yourself. Um, but that's that's just a really, really important part of what we're trying to do, and uh, we really enjoy it. Yeah, sure. No, it's always always great to great to be here and join uh, with you and and to a cows. It's always something pretty special here in Illinois. You never know what you're going to find. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes we go look at them. Hell, I haven't seen them for a couple of weeks. So. <laughs> Yeah. How many notes did we take today? I think we got a bull with a foot rod. Yeah, a few ears. Got an ear problem with a couple. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're, we're a herd that's probably not micromanaged. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, there's a good Yeah. When you're not micromanaged. Yeah. Right. I got to go out there and work for you. I don't have time to work for you. Sure. Sure. No, that's, that's great. And um, I suppose we've had lots of Musgrave bulls come to Australia, but probably really the most prominent one out of your program would have been Capitalist 316. Now, obviously not a bull you bred, but a bull you bought. And I know um, he, he sits in on the bottom side of the pedigree of the bull we're talking about today, but the 316 story is pretty cool, pretty interesting, and you've obviously had a lot of international, worldwide success with him. Can you sort of brush over the Capitalist 316 story and how you sort of came about that bull in the early days? Um, yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, and, and some people probably know this, but most of you may not. Um, so I don't know how many years ago it was now. It's been a few years now. He's, what, going to be 11 years old, I think, in January. So he's getting on, and it's been quite a while ago. But um, I think a lot of you can probably remember a bull called Musgrave Aviator. Mm-hmm. We sold to Tanya Belsham at Poplar Meadows in uh, British Columbia, Canada. And through that, you know, she and I had conversated quite a bit back and forth and uh, good friends and whatnot. So uh, and I think in conversation, um, we were talking about Keneally Capitalist 028. And 
talking about that cattle. She's been down in the States uh, looking at some cattle sometime or another. And she saw some sons that, that looked nice. And I think uh, I think Keneally's had a, had a draft of those in their sale, and we had gone out to look at those. And uh, Keneally's had one that was pretty doggone nice. And I can't remember now who had purchased that one, but I think we were a little short short to the game there on him. Um, but we needed a bull last spring for some heifers. And just talking to Tanya, I think she mentioned that there was a pretty nice looking one down at Ludington, uh, Cattle, Oklahoma. And talked to Melvin. The Keneally uh, sale was Saturday and the Ludington sale was on a Monday. So he hopped in the truck and drove down to Oklahoma to look at this other 28 son, you know, that, that could be something pretty special. He gets down there and looks at him. Oh, I'll never forget, he gives me a call and he says, I found the bull. And that was almost enough said right there coming from my dad, who <clears throat> in a good way is probably one of the most particular people there are when it comes to looking at Angus cattle. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he said, I found the bull. So he stuck around the next day and he ended up getting him bought. And uh, we brought him home, we turned him on heifers. Uh, I don't know what he walked behind, probably 25, 30 heifers the first year. And that was after AI, so we didn't have a ton of calves. Um, but we, I think we had maybe four or five sons in that, that next, the, the, the first uh, set of uh, 316 sons that we offered. And, and the very first 316 son to sell at Musgrave Angus was uh, exclusive. Right. It was the first one to sell. Um, but it's really a neat story, and, and I will remember too. Um, I don't think anybody really knew about LD Capitalist 316 until he was about three or four years old. Um, but Amita had done a terrific job, and by then we had daughters in production. We had sold a couple of sons for a you know, pretty good figure. Um, you know, but he was proven. And I think that's what was really neat about LD Capitalist 316 is before he kind of entered the mainstream, he was pretty well proven. And people knew that going into it. I think that's why there was so much confidence behind the bull. Um, and then through, I think, social media, Facebook, um, that was relatively new at the time, and I was still getting my feet wet with social media. Uh, my dad didn't know what it was or why we would even put anything on it, but that's not, that's another story. That's the, but, you know, but it was a new thing, social media. So take some pictures of 316 and pop them on there, and then the next thing you know, you got Jack ringing me, and you got <laughs> these, all these other people ringing in about this bowl they've seen on social media. But, uh, you know, it's... it's I'd say there was some luck that went along with all of it, but it's, it's a pretty neat story. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I suppose how he fits um, the bull we want to talk about today, Rob Roy, is um, probably one of the most prolific 316 sons would have been Stunner. Um, and Stunner's then the sire of um, 329 and 329 then being the mother of Rob Roy. So why don't you, I suppose, sort of give us an overview of Rob Roy and then we might dive into that Prim Lassie cow family. Yep. So, uh, so Rob Roy, he's a pretty interesting bull and, uh, sorry by goalkeeper. And I think you'd asked me earlier, uh, and this other people have asked me this question as well as how we chose goalkeeper as a sire. Right. But I guess we're always kind of looking to add a new sire to, to bring in some new blood, you know, to offer something different to our customers because we got a lot of repeat bull buyers. And, you know, if you have, you just can't have 
three sixteen sums every year for the next four years. Like bulls and great cattle, but you got to have something different to offer. And when you pick a bull, you got to think of something in mind that might complement daughters of other bulls that our customers have purchased. So, like for example, three sixteen at that time we'd had you know several dollars by him, and then obviously Stoner and then other another three sixteen sums that we used back in the herd. But so goalkeeper, that was a bull that we would have purchased semen on in 2020. And we can all, we all know what happened in 2020. So everything was going along fine. And then March rolls around and there's COVID and I mean, everything's shut down. So what we typically do in the spring is we try to go look at some bulls that, you know, some of the AI centers and abilities or whatever. And uh, so anyway, COVID had hit. Things were kind of shut down and we didn't get a chance to leave home to go look. Um, so I ring up, uh, call to Oregon. I talked to Gary Wall. And I, Gary Wall is a great guy. You know, he's seen Absolutely. a lot of bulls. He's seen a lot of cattle. That guy, he's golden, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And Gary's like, well, tell you, maybe you guys ought to think about this, this goalkeeper bull. He's pretty damn good. So we did. And I don't know how many straws we bought, but yeah, we use we use goalkeeper um, on our on our virgin heifers. And uh, not having not seen goalkeeper prior to using him and knowing there was gonna be, you know, some there's gonna be some popularity with the goalkeeper pedigree. And this was gonna be the first set of gas out because he had just sold at Aldridge, I think, uh, in uh, in January, you know, and he sold for, for good figures. So I knew the bull was probably gonna be be used somewhat. And he sold us some pretty reputable herds. Um, so anyway, we use goalkeeper. And having never seen him, I thought, well, we'll, just, we'll put him in here on some of these really top-end females, top-end heifers. And 329 at the time, I mean, my golly, she's she's just white as can be, wide and deep. And and just, she's a perfect-looking Aberdeen-Nagus female. She really is. Um, and I thought to myself, if, if she can't have a good one out of this bull, who can? So right. We did the meeting. It worked out really well. It really worked. It, it clicked. And Rob Roy, as a calf, I mean, he looks like a top end. He looks like the mother. He looks, he's stout and wide and thick. And as a calf, I had my doubts, you know, because a lot of times you see a calf that looks really good and then they grow up and whatnot. They, hell, they might go to hell. Who knows? But he just kept on coming. And he was, he was a rare. He was really good. Um, sold through the sale, uh, Buckridge cattle in Seymour, Missouri was the purchaser that day. And they were, they were kind of new to the scene. I didn't know. I'd never met them. I didn't know. They're kind of new in the business. Um, just kind of a recap from the sale. And then, you know, after the sale, a couple weeks go by and this really good bull is still, he's still here. It's been, been 10 days. I haven't heard from these, these fellows, but my wife visited with him at the sale and she was reassuring me how nice the folks they were. And I should call this guy. He's really nice. You're like, you should call this Mark, Mark Hayden, you know? So I did, I call him, ring him up, visit with him and find out that he's not going to use Rob Roy until December. Uh, so the wheels start turning, you know, and I'm thinking, so it didn't take long to acquire a spring interest back in Rob Roy. And the same day, I think I had him turned out with my wet twos because we were at the time kind of unsure what to use on these wet two-year-olds. And there's Rob Roy. He's standing over here. Man, he looks like a million bucks. So 
rather than make my life harder and AI those cows and scratch my head, I went and picked them up and dumped them in that whole pen. There was 56 pairs and I just threw them in there. And said, good luck. I said, good luck. <laughs> and he bred over 40 of them himself. And it, it was easy for that bull. He could breed four or five cows the same day. So young bull acts really saying something. Yeah, right. Really he would have been right after 12 months old at this time. Yeah, well, a bit more. would have been 14. 14. Right. But I mean, he can just get after it and get, get, get it done. And I like that in a bull because it makes me feel reassured that they're getting bred. So... Yeah, and if you're if you don't check them all the time like me, they'll still have their tail out about two days later. That tells you anything. Love it, love it. And then so to just dive a little bit more into the three two nine cow, we saw her here a few hours ago. She is as stout a mate Angus cow as they can be, and just thick and powerful. What are you actually doing with that cow now? Where does she fit the Musgrave program now? You know, a female, female like her, I think, is probably at the forefront of what we have. We're not a big program. We're not a big – this is not a big cow herd here. I don't know what we've got. A few hundred cows. Um, but, you know, she's right in front, you know. And we knew that – we've known that, you know, since she was a young heifer. Like, she's, she's fantastic to look at. Um, but anyway, we uh, – to further her – publicity you know that's why we offered half interest for sale last spring on our sale back in mm-hmm. march um and that went really well um twt ranch in uh, northern part of illinois purchased uh, the half interest for eighty nine thousand dollars and we had my golly we had interest on that cow from coast to coast i mean there was groups of guys that had gone together to try to buy the half and i mean people knew about her they, they found her um and today, I think that she she could be uh, one of the top cows in breed. Um, I've seen a lot of cattle, and I've seen a lot of Angus cows in my short time I've been here in business. But uh, she's right up there. She's mm. quite a cow. Yeah, she's definitely quite a and cow. And I think the way she fits into Musgrave Angus, you know, now as a donor, that she's something that I will... I told you earlier, this is a cow we could use other sons of down the road. Mm. I mean, she'll work on lots of different things. Yeah, I think she gives a big cow like that. gives you a lot of versatility in matings, and you can really make what you want to make out of her. Exactly. She's a pretty I mean, special she's a cow. cow. She's, got, she's got really nice feet. I, I told you earlier, I said you couldn't put a foot, better foot under a cow, but you probably could, honestly. But, I mean, to really – she's just made – really nice she's balanced she has great feet she has a wonderful perfect looking odor um very wide and just she's robust but yet feminine so you can take a female like that she has like a bulging ass on her so she has Mm -hmm. that round hand she has a butt you know but yet she's really sleek fronted and has a really nice cow head yeah i mean it's a hard combo to get that together yeah really angular through the front so she's quite a cow. Yeah, that's good. And that's why we're using Rob Roy. Yeah. And we looked at those heifer cans today, and I can see that cow kind of coming out in those little heifer cans. And that is, it's very easy to find those Rob Roy calves. And speaking of them, how, how are you seeing the calves? And there's some pretty special ones in that calf crop. 
Yeah. So, so Robert, I guess I would classify him as a power bull. He's probably not going to be something that you'll uh, use on heifers, but they're super stout. And and the bulls and and the, and the females for that matter, they're 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 massive. They're really stout. Uh, there's there's a few of the really top end bulls in the in the. We looked at like 130. 30 bulls in the group today, and those Rob Roy's are right at the top. He's going to take them all out. Yeah, so yeah, there might even be a summer two in there that <clears throat> might even stay back here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, there is definitely a good one in there that I hope people come visit and, and find him because he's a, he's a pretty special calf. And I suppose then when people go to use Rob Roy, what would you tell those people to, you know, how, how would you use the bull? Maybe where would you want to protect him and, and how would you get the most value out of a power bull like this? Um, yeah, I think I made the comment to you earlier that I think Rob Roy is a commercial man's dream. So if you want to raise sheer pounds of beef, of product, that mean, a lot of my customers sell their calves at weaning. But if you want sheer pounds, I mean, they'll flat out perform. I mean, they're not going to, they're not, if they're not extreme in any one way, but yet they're so dense, you know, they're wide top. They have, they really have real muscle down their back and through their lower quarter. And I think that's where he really shines because he can take a female, you can take a female that might need just a little more punch, a little more top, a little more lower quarter, and he will add that. So I feel like that's his really, that's really a strong point. You know, but yet they're still phenotypically attractive. Uh, Absolutely. Sound, and they look like they're going to have really nice feet. And and, and, and really, I mean, they, for young bulls, they have a lot of testicular development at a young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, that looks good, too. Yes. But as far as guarding them, I, I would say he's probably not a heifer bull. We kind of threw him, you know, I dumped him with all those wet two-year-olds. They kind of hit everything. Mm. Golly, I don't think I had anything that I didn't have any anything out of him that was going to be a throwaway. So he kind of covered the bases and worked across everybody. But I guess as time, as time unfolds here, we'll kind of know how to use him better probably. But today I'd say he really clicks well on those colossal daughters, which you may not think because, or may not want to do because you got 316, two twice removed on the top and the bottom, but yeah. LA it comes out and they're, they're really stout. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, there's definitely some probably colossals down in the pen that certainly uh, are very attractive and no, that's great. Great to catch up um, briefly here, Tyler, on Rob Roy and the Musgrove program. And as you know, you never get away with these without a burning question. Um, your burning question, what are the greatest challenges Musgrove Angus needs to overcome in the next five years? I knew you were going to ask me a burning question. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want you to ask me a question. <laughs> well, you've got one. So what are your challenges? I guess... Uh, Probably, probably one of the bigger challenges for us moving forward would be where we live. We live in Illinois. So how many Angus programs do you go visit in Illinois? That's one. So that being said, we're looking at a market. You know, where we're going to market our genetics, how you going to market cattle in the future. Um, but we, got a, we have an ever-growing family here. So my brother's got three sons, I've got four. My sister has two boys and two girls. We all live and work in this community and uh, have our own cattle, have cattle, you know. So as this whole thing unfolds and develops, how are all of us going to still remain part of Musgrave Angus? Because all 
of us love the business, and we love the cattle, and we love the people. So how do you keep the marketability in Illinois alive and well? So you have to constantly be thinking about ways to market and uh, improve and get better. So that's probably a pretty big challenge for us here where we are. Right. And that's what I would say might be. Yeah, no, that's a great answer. No, I think that's a great answer to look at it that way. That um, no, that's really good. No, thanks, mate. As always, it's great to be here. Yeah, um, absolutely. So uh, thanks for having me on. I hope I didn't ramble too much. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's awesome. Thanks, mate. I look forward to a few more beers later this evening, and we'll um, we'll leave it at that. And no, thanks, Tyler. It's awesome, awesome yeah. to be here once again. I'm sure we'll yeah, see you very uh, soon. I'm glad to be working with you. On a- what I think is a real top wall. Yeah, no, certainly glad to have him in the book. And no, cheers. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Tyler. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Breeder Exchange podcast. One of our bull episodes there on Musgrave, Rob Roy. Really great for Jack to catch up with Tyler in person in America. Uh, really exciting there to, to talk about Rob Roy, a very new bull to the program. Great to uh, give you the insight there into the Prim Lassie line, obviously very prestigious over there in the Musgrave program. To learn about Musgrave in general, uh, especially that Prim Lassie line going back to LD Capitalist on the sire line, LD Capitalist at 316 there. Uh, a great chat between Jack and Tyler there talking about that bull. And then just generally about Rob Roy, the calves that they're seeing, uh, how to use that bull. There's a lot of insight there. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, so uh, definitely tune in in two weeks' time for that one. And we'll see you all then.